Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, October 24th. Let's jump into this morning's top stories. The next college football playoff executive director needs to be a builder, according to SBJ's Abe Madger, who explains, they don't need to be a dyed-in-the-wool, XSNOS tactician, but it's a football job and they will need to know the game, and will need that credibility with conference commissioners. They have to understand how to build a brand and the business of the CFP. That would entail marketing, sponsorship, licensing, ticketing and how to grow the CFP into a global entity. Madger also observes that college football is a political environment, so relationships and a quiet, yet forceful, diplomacy will be key to success. So, add it all up and any candidate would need a very balanced skill set. With stakeholders like Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti and incoming Notre Dame AD Pete Bebacacqua in place, media expertise is one area the CFP has covered, and Madger concludes, I would keep my eye on executives who have a diverse and broad background. Overall, it's a big, intriguing job as the playoff expands and seeks to become an even bigger event and holiday in the consciousness of the US sports fan. That opportunity doesn't come around often. NCAA President Charlie Baker in last week's Senate Judiciary Committee hearing asked Congress to codify current regulatory guidance into law by granting student-athletes special status that would affirm they are not employees, and Sportico's Michael McCann observes, there's a risk for the NCAA in making this request, why would Congress craft a new, special status for college athletes as non-employees if, as the NCAA has argued in court, college athletes aren't employees under existing law. No special status would be needed, unless the athletes are, in fact, employees. It's a two-step dance that might cause the NCAA to trip. Expect attorneys representing college athletes to cite Baker's testimony in written motions and during oral depositions of witnesses, potentially including Baker, conference executives, and athletic directors. The NCAA, those attorneys will maintain, has now effectively conceded college athletes meet employment criteria. One point is clear, the NCAA and its member colleges are running out of time before a massive shift occurs and a court deems potentially hundreds of thousands of college athletes employees. The NCAA banking on Congress, which doesn't even have a Speaker of the House, is as politically divided as ever and is entering a contentious presidential election year, doesn't seem like a wise bet. The NCAA should instead step up and change its rules. Virginia State Senate President Pro Tempore Louise Lucas offers some words of warning to the NCAA, let me remind the NCAA that they are required by their charter to follow state laws where they operate. If they continue to hold James Madison football hostage to a technical rule and stop them from competing in the postseason they will face a very unfriendly future from our legislature. She adds to President Charlie Baker directly, since you are new, ask around about the legislative help Virginia has had to give your organization over the years. I've been in the Senate for 32 years and can think of a number of issues you all have needed help on. Virginia will go to war on this. USA Today's Steve Berkowitz updates previous reporting that the NLRB office in Washington informed the NCAA, PAC-12 and USC that motions for dismissal of the Los Angeles office's complaint against them concerning college athletes' employment status were not filed in a timely manner and are therefore rejected. NCAA spokesperson Saquandra Heath says this evening, the NCAA believes that the letter rejecting the motions was issued in error and looks forward to working with the board. USC's response, the National Labor Relations Board's letter rejecting USC's motion to dismiss appears to have been issued in error. The motion to dismiss remains properly filed with the administrative law judge and will be heard at the outset of the hearing. 
Big Sky Commissioner Tom Wistrasil joins Learfield University Group's EVP Mike Hamilton on From the Chair and discusses the tenure of ADs today, how his experiences on campus inform his decisions at the conference level, the increased value of FCS football and more. Wistrasil says the league had three suitors for its media rights and ironically we picked the one that didn't offer the most money because our schools really saw the value of working with ESPN and the brand. And we've helped grow their business tremendously, you know, out here, out west, we have tremendous fan followings in our schools. Wistrasil continues, so, we took advantage of our geographic location and we've had ESPN 2 games. We'll have back-to-back -back weeks of them here in October as well where late night Saturday night football and people flip on the TV or they're in a bar somewhere on Saturday night they look up there's going to be big sky football on, it's a great recruiting tool for our coaches and our schools to talk about. The National TV Exposure Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Tuesday, October 24th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.